The hype is real, baby. Hard Knocks episode one is in the books, and boy, was it a goodie. Episode one of One Jet's Drive is also in the books. We get to react to both of them on a special episode of Gangs All Here. It's a special Jake and Jake episode. You heard a clip of him on One Jet's Drive. It's the host of the Jake Asman Show, good friend of the program. Jake Asman is going to join me. Oh, baby, we got to react to Hard Knocks. We got to react to One Jet's Drive. We got to react to Jets-Browns preseason week one. We got to react to Hall of Fame weekend. We got tons to do, so stick with us. It's all coming up next on Gangs All Here from the New York Post. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. I kind of live by saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. Shout out Aunt Rogers for coming to help us out. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome back to a special episode of Gangs All Here, a New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Jake Brown, joined today by my co-host for the day as Brian Costello is at joint practices near the Brown family down in the Carolinas right now. So filling in for cause is a guy that you hear on One Jets Drive making his his uh, guest appearance on Monday, getting a sound bite clip on there. You hear him on the Jake Asman show on YouTube, on ESPN Radio Houston. You now hear him sometimes on the weekends on ESPN Radio New York. Jake Asman, friend of the program. Jake, welcome aboard. And uh, yeah, you're all over the place right now. You got a Patreon. I think you got OnlyFans starting soon. I don't know. You got all these subscriptions and and all these YouTubes, and I can't keep up. But uh, I appreciate the hustle. I appreciate the grind. And welcome back to the program. Always great to be filling in for the great Brian Costello, who I did see up in the press box uh, last Thursday in Canton, Ohio. So honored to be back with you, Jake. And and man, I am still so fired up this morning after watching Hard Knocks last night. I think that's where we got to start because the Hall of Fame game, it was, you know, it's fine. I mean, Jets lose the, for the first time in the Robert Sala preseason era, which actually might be a good thing. Maybe it's a sign that this is going to be a great year. This is that they lost a preseason game, you know, the big story was the Zach Wilson throw that we later found out Aaron Rodgers said throw it deep to Malik. He did. And that was the throw of the day. So that was kind of the fun thing from there. And of course, Darrell Rivas and, and Joe Klecko getting in the hall of fame is fantastic stuff, both good speeches, but the, the key story here is hard knocks. Key story is one jet drive. First off, which did you think one was better than the other? Did one do a better job or were bo- I mean, you're, you might say one jet drive cause you were on there. But did you think both were equally well done? Were was one because 
Hard Knocks definitely felt a little more like a Rogers love fest, but I, I think that's what you expected going in, especially in episode one. And a lot of people complaining about that. Got to remember, there's more weeks. There'll be more storylines, more roster cuts, more player insights. So you got to start off with the headliner, and that's Rodgers. And they did that with the Super Bowl three highlights. Joe Namath, guy you just talked to on your show uh, last week, and then went right into Rodgers walking on the field. So I think that was very well done. And I think they know bringing in the clicks, bringing in the views, you got to start it off with a Rodgers. No doubt. They, they played the hits in episode one of Hard Knocks, which I, I would expect. I, I mean, what were the biggest storylines involving the Jets this summer? Well, one, Aaron Rodgers, we knew that. But two, they didn't want to be on Hard Knocks. So they addressed that right off the you know, right off the jump where you had the Rodgers interview where he's like, well, they, they forced it down our throats. Now we got to deal with it. And then that moment setting up the solace speech with the crow, which was an incredible way to kind of start uh, the, the new season. And then even like the Lee of Schreiber coming in on a helicopter, having the conversation with Rogers where he's like, how come people don't want to do the show? And they put the part in where Rogers goes, man, it's this giant misconception about it. People think it's a distraction, but I've had a great experience with it. Like they covered the big storylines, right? Everyone tuned in to see what the intrigue would be because the Jets didn't want to be on the show. That was well documented. And everyone knew that, well, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's he's the rock star. He's the main, he's the main storyline. So they played the hits in the first episode. I loved it. I thought it was... It, it was incredible. I thought they packed a lot in in just an hour runtime, which was really cool. And, you know, One Jets Drive, they cover different things. And, and they don't have the same resources that NFL Films slash HBO has. But I think both are very good. I, I think Hard Knocks uh, excited me more watching only because I think a lot of the really good stuff One Jets Drive had, Jake, the Jets themselves already put it out there on social media. Like We saw a lot of the highlights that they then showed in episode one. So both are great. I'll watch each show every Monday and Tuesday, but I thought hard knocks gave you more just because uh, the amount of production that goes into it. It's just like quadruple. I'm sure what one jets drive has. And the hype, both of these programs are giving you. And, you know, I always say preseason is a tease, but this is what is getting me through preseason. You know, these, these eighth string players, seven stringers playing, whatever, you know, the guys trying to make make a roster. I get it. That's cool and all, but it could get dry in August. And now we have back to back nights of programming behind the scenes coverage that you can't get uh, unless you're there every day. And I, you know, Florham Park is a hike for me from Astoria. So I haven't made the trip down there when you do not have a car. Getting to Florham Park is very annoying. So I, I don't unfortunately don't have a carpool service with like a Steve Serby who lives in Queens. Uh, maybe I need to get that done, but this is really taking you inside and better than anything I've seen before. And the hype is real because you're seeing Aaron Rodgers nonstop and, you know, I'm loving it. So it starts off here with Salah and that speech you talked about, the Crow speech. Uh, it's too long for me to read, but um, he was basically, I was in deep thought. I was thinking about you guys. I was thinking about the sur excitement surrounding us. And then he went into this whole thing about a crow. Did you know the only bird in the world that will attack an eagle is a crow? Um, he ends it with embrace what we're capable of. Embrace the fact that we aren't the same old Jets. Embrace the fact that we do have a target on our back. Embrace the fact that when teams look at our schedule, they're not chalking us up for a W. They're coming at you. That's exactly where we want to be. And that's effing awesome. I think that was a really cool moment, Jake despite it taking a while to get there. And I think it takes fans inside of who Robert Sala is. We kind of see it every week in the press conferences, but for the national audience who's not following the Jets, 
they're really seeing this guy as a motivator. He could speak with the best of them, and he could get this locker room fired up. And I think that was cool to open up with that and take us behind the scenes because a lot of a lot of people don't get to see that. I loved it. Set the tone and the line that you read at the end. This is not the same old Jets. Thank you. Like we we need to hear that. Like that's the message that needs to be sent to this team. Look, Rogers raises the expectation level automatically with him being there. But you know, one Jets drive even showed this. Like the speech that he gave to the team at the end of OTAs, and he ended the uh, you know the breakdown of the huddle by saying, you know, championship on three. Like like the goal is to win the Super Bowl for this team, and it, it's not fool's gold. It's I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm not going to give you a Joe Namath guarantee, but there's a path for them to do it. The expectation level has changed. The buy-in is seemingly there. So uh, between both shows, really covering that, especially you know that style of speech you just referenced, right into Rogers taking the field at practice with the cameras following him and Rogers, by the way, Oh, he's, he's not going to be able to handle New York. He's not going to want to do hard knocks. He's going to regret coming to the jets. He says to the hard knocks people, you guys ready? You're going to get some good today. Like that was freaking awesome. I don't know if I can curse on this, but you get, you get the point. Like he, he embraced that opportunity. So right then and there, you're like, this is going to be awesome. Hard knocks is going to raise the man's Q score. And he comes out of this first episode looking like an absolute rock star to everyone who tuned in. He said, I'm going to give you some good today. That's what he said. And and then the slow, dramatic walk to the field. And he said, y'all haven't seen this before, have you? He loves it. He loves the camera. I think he's built to be in a, he wants to be in movies. He wants to be a star. He wants to get the baddest women out there. He wants to do it all. And you can tell that he loves, he said, is the mic on? He's making sure his mic checks. He's making sure the slow walk, the little waves to the crowd, like, the equipment guy, he's like, this guy wanted to be on the show 13 years ago. Now he's getting his chance. The uh, forget the guy's name, but that guy, I'm sure, will be like a Jets Twitter character going forward. You, you just feel that he wants to be this movie star, and he's being that in this. And it leads into the revelation players around and McCall Hartman saying he watched him his whole life. He could tell his son he played with Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers probably feels cool. He doesn't have much reaction when these guys say that, but he's probably like, wow, one, I'm getting old, but two, it's, it's pretty awesome for these guys to – admire me like that and then you have Rodgers and sauce and that connection I, th- I think was really one of the telling things from this episode greatness on greatness and you're seeing that you know in the episode when it comes to Garrett Wilson and sauce Gardner obviously both young and we expect greatness in the future but you see them going up against each other the one-on-one battles you know them talking to each other like oh good play good play oh that was you, you bad like things like that and the greatness elements that you saw between Wilson and Gardner and Gardner and Rogers was pretty special in this episode. And the whole Rogers and sauce handshake. I mean, you know, pretty clear. We know that Roger smokes weed and I would assume sauce does the, if he's doing that handshake with the weed, who knows? I'm not going to, it's, it's legal. You do it anywhere now, but that's, that was a cool little handshake. But Jake, I love that the greatness elements of those two and, and the conversations they put in this episode with those two, because that really got me fired up. Those, you know, two guys talking about, you know, You'll be here one day. I mean, you were there over the weekend and and Rogers talking about sauce. You'll be here one day too, talking about the Hall of Fame and him looking at it like, you know, didn't even second second guess it. He's like, Yeah, I'll be here. And, you know, I told my mom I, I want to play for 20 years. That element of this episode was awesome. Yeah, that, that probably was my favorite scene. Just the whole Revis going up to Rogers and Revis telling Rogers, Hey, you know, win the championship with the Jets. And then Revis goes, I just told A-Rod, like, bring it home. And Rogers, if you notice in that scene, right after Revis walks away, gives Sauce that look almost like, hey, 
that's going to be you, man. Like you're, you're next up. You're the next Darrell Rivas. And then they go right into that combo. You just referenced where sauce is saying how cool it is to be part of the hall of fame game. And Rogers is like, you're going to be here someday like that. That was awesome. That was like jet fan porn. If you're a diehard fan, like we are. So that was great. And then, you know, sauce being like, you know, he wants to play 40 years, then realizing what he said, he's like, oh, I want to play into my 40s. So that was a kind of a funny uh, back and forth with him and Rodgers, man. That 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 whole uh, Hall of Fame game was so well shot, well edited. The the interaction beforehand with uh, Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers giving each other some crap over Zach's bicep showing uh, with his jersey. Uh, just the interactions during the game where you already mentioned it. Rodgers calling the bomb down the sideline to Malik Taylor. Uh, just some really good stuff there from that whole scene of the Hall of Fame game. And it's interesting because I wasn't sure if they were going to show the Hall of Fame game in this first episode because there was so much that had happened since the Jets opened camp. I wondered if, like, all right, maybe they wait till after, you know, the the first episode to kind of set the scene with everything, and then they do the Hall of Fame game in episode two because there's five episodes and there's only, for the Jets, four preseason games. So I was like, maybe they'll be a week behind. But they showed a lot, man, between Hall of Fame game, Sean Payton. They, they really covered a lot. The only thing they didn't show – was the Dalvin Cook stuff, and that's because he hasn't signed yet. I promise you, if he had signed a contract with the Jets by now, that would have been a lot of the episode, but it hadn't happened. So that was like the only noticeable thing that was absent, but they covered a lot in just an hour runtime. I loved it. I watched it twice already. I'll probably watch it a third time when we're done here taping this podcast. Yeah, and I, I don't know if Dalvin Cook's going to happen. I mean, his whole, I believe it was his trainer said, you know, he didn't have the greatest visit there. I, I don't think that them and the Jets wanted this in the episode. So I think that was a mutual agreement. Hey, we don't, we don't want to put this in there. He's not on our team. So, you know, I thought Dalvin cook was going to be a lock. I, if I, you had asked me now, I don't think it's going to happen with the jets. I think he might end up going elsewhere. So we'll see. I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think they need him, but it would be great to have him uh, with Brees. Hall. I loved going in. You talked about the Rogers and the sauce and, how that gives you shivers than playing Ed Sheeran shivers from one red redhead to another. Your your brother from another stepmother, uh, Ed Sheeran. That's a great song. And just having him throw the no looks, his dazzling passes, the defense marveling at Sal, like, man, this guy's good. Like, this is the best quarterback we've ever here. You almost like you don't feel bad, but you're almost like, damn, Zach Wilson and these guys really suck. Like, this is a different level of quarterback play we're looking at. And I thought that song was just perfect. And it almost feel like when when the beat beats were dropping, the balls were landing in receivers' hands. That was perfect. Uh, that was a perfect moment. Yeah, and it's it's funny because you know, the 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 one song I remember 13 years ago when the Jets did Hard Knocks in 2010 is right after one of Rex Ryan's famous speeches, the speech at the beginning of training camp about hey, the best place to be is when expectations are high. Get used to it. It's always going to be that way. Like that great speech that Rex had goes right into a Jet highlight montage of M&M's, I'm not afraid. And here we are now 13 years later, and the big montage in the opening episode is not Eminem. It's Ed Sheeran, who Roger saw in concert at MetLife during his, like, I'm going to see the New York area tour when he first got traded to the Jets. So a pretty cool moment, man. And it, it, it's so well done. The, the music choices at HBO and Hard Knocks, they do every summer. They do a great job with that. And the music is key because that's what gets you fired up. And I was fired up even thinking about the Hard Knocks music itself. And I, I go at 10 o'clock and my, my thing's not working. I didn't have start watching till like 10, 10, 10, 15, because it was streaming slowly and I finally got it to work. But that really uh, brought me in. And then, you know, some of the fun interactions out that sauce, obviously they show graduating from college, which was awesome. As a big musical guy, I love Solomon Thomas wanting to see MJ the musical. And the other guys were like, are we in a suite? They're like, 
we don't they don't got suites in Broadway. I'm like, I'm I'm one who know. I'm the bougie bastard who's in a suite at Mets games all the time. Like I would love if Broadway shows that suite. You'd find me there every week. You know, JFM's like, I got bad knees. I, I say the same thing. Whenever I go to a Broadway show, I'm like, I got bad knees. I need the aisle and I need some more leg room when I see a show. Because those shows do get tight. You, you know, you haven't been a musical in a while, Jake, living out in Texas. But it's it's not a lot of leg room. And I get I get their point. And MJ, the musical I saw it was fantastic. I remember the day seeing it because the day the Mets signed Brandon Nimmo and David Robertson, the one hour of the entire year my phone was off was during those two signings. So after the musical, I had to go do a podcast. But I love that whole interaction. And then I think it was smart saying um, about the legroom. He said he was making fun of me. He said coochie board instead of charcuterie board. So I thought that was a, a, a fun little nugget. And then you brought out the stars. You mentioned Leif Schreiber. I didn't even realize was the narrator showing up in the helicopter. I honestly didn't know who it was going to be. I thought it was going to be an A-list star. And it turns out to be a star. That voice is just truly iconic. We all you know, aspire to have that kind of voice where we could get paid millions doing voiceovers like that. Tiki Barber's there, as we expect. You know, he's in the afternoon show on the fan now. And Method Man, I thought that was something that got a lot of the players excited, fired up. He read, uh, I believe it was a Bill Parcells quote, and then uh, I think he said Jets on three or something. And I thought that was a good moment. I think you, when you bring in the stars and something we don't see all the time, stars wanting to show up to this training camp, wanting to see these guys, Aaron Rodgers is going to bring out a lot of A-listers. And I think that's something, Jake, we're going to see this entire series. Every week, I think we're going to see a new big name. This time it was Method Man. And if you want to call Tiki and, and we saw Schreiber, that's three or four guys right there already. I think this is going to be a regular occurrence of everyone's going to want to go. And we're going to see this at games. Jets games are going to be a show this year. It's no more get a last minute ticket on tick pick for 50 bucks before the game. It's going to be a lot of pricey tickets and it's going to be getting your seats by kickoff for football, not for any pregame fireworks or any other BS. Get to your seats because you don't want to miss snap one. No doubt. Curtis Martin, another guy who was there, and you know, I, I probably agree with him. He probably still could get uh, 500 yards on the ground if, if he had to. So that was cool to see him there. You're right, though. I mean, they're, they're going to be the it team. And and one thing that I thought was maybe an underrated moment in the episode when Liev Shriver, who you know is from Brooklyn, went to Brooklyn Tech, as we find out in the episode, says to Rogers, you know, people in the city are so excited. And he goes, man, well, I haven't played a game yet. So I think the self-awareness that Rogers showed being like, yeah, all this hype and excitement is great, but I'm not here just to, you know, cash a check. We know that's not true. He gave $35 million back and redid his deal, but he's not just here to like, you know, get all this praise and not ball out on the field. Like he understands he's here. The honeymoon phase is underway. Now they got to win. And I love that little answer he gave to Liev about, hey, we haven't done anything yet. And that that mentality, he sets that tone. Him and Silas set that tone as quarterback and coach. And I thought that was evident throughout the episode that, yeah, there's hype around this team, rightfully so. But they understand, hey, what the expectations are. And they got to block out that outside noise. So I thought that was a cool moment in the show. And this is what we have. All we have is the hype. So if people want to say, oh, wait till he plays, wait till he plays. Well, we're, I mean, we're waiting, but we're enjoying the ride. Yeah, are we not supposed we to be get... excited as fans? Like we've, we, we had the longest playoff drought in sports as Jeff fans. We're some of the most loyal fans in all of sports. So, you know, especially after how bad the baseball season has been, whether you're a Yankee or a Met fan, like this is all we have, man. Like there's genuine excitement and there should be. This team was really good last year, minus quarterback. And now they added Aaron Rodgers. Like don't tell a Jeff Ben not to be excited when we have, when we have been fed absolute garbage for basically uh, a decade plus now. So 
every Jet fan should be excited. We understand they got to win and the expectations are high, but man, I hate the people who are like, oh, just wait for the season before you get excited. Now, nah, I'm going to be excited because I've watched garbage and I have legitimate reasons to now be excited and have hope for the first time in 10 years. I'm going to be excited because this stupid team above me is one of the most disappointing teams in the history of sports this year. And in August, I'm waiting for, you know, two offseason episodes of Hard Knocks, one Jets drive and occasional City Field promotional giveaway like the uh, football jersey I'll get at the game tonight for two dollars getting the building. So I didn't think this is how my August would turn out, but I'm going to be, you know, invested in this Jets preseason in these storylines and. This is all we have to build off of. We'll see in week one. I agree. You know, you worry about the injuries, the age. We'll see what happens. But, you know, this is fun, and we got to enjoy the fun ride. Um, the next part of the episode was cool, Get taking you into the rooms. And we weren't sure how far they dive into this in terms of cameras and access. Taylor Embry, the running back coach, that running back committee is going to be very interesting. Can Brees be 100% by week one ready to go? In one Jets drive, Jake, he said, I want to be you know, the best or one of the best running backs in the league for the next five to ten years. So he has all the confidence in the world. You see it on Twitter as well when Dalvin Cook, when that was a thing, he's just basically tweeting LOL. He's got all the confidence in the world for a young kid coming off an injury. You know, Carter's got all the confidence because when Zeke rumors were there, he wasn't happy either. So these guys have made their voices prevalent. Carter's got to have a better year. You know, he regressed a little bit last year. And then Izzy, the rookie out of pit, he showed in, you know, preseason the first game, Jake, that this kid's got some explosiveness, a chance to be in that rotation, especially if they're limiting snaps early on Brees. So I think taking us inside those rooms, then Mike Rutenberg, the linebacker coach, that's kind of the big question mark of the team. Then is Mark Manuel, the safety coach, you know, linebacker is going to be very interesting. Who are the starting guys going to be? Who's going to make the roster? Who's going to get cut? And then running back is going to be interesting to see the mix of snaps. The, you know, how many does Brees get? How many does Carter get? Does Izzy get a chance in the first half of the season? I think that was taking us inside the football element of the team. And I think the, you know, the football diehards are going to love those coaches, you know, those coaches meeting room segments. Oh, yeah. I think early candidate to lead the uh, the show on F-bombs is Jeff Ulbrich, the D.C., I think that was uh that was obvious early on. I I, I don't we didn't get a, any Ron Middleton, the tight ends coach, who's got an unbelievable personality. So I bet you we get that, you know, in episode two, three, and and moving forward. But yeah, the inside the coaches room was great. I, I particularly love Jake, the uh the exchange where Obrick is basically telling the defense, hey, you guys played this perfectly. That throw Rodgers made to Rucker is just there's one guy in the league who can make it, and he's our quarterback. Like that. He said, not another effing person to make that throw. He's ours. I wanted to run through a brick wall after that one. I was like, holy crap. Like, this is – like, we, the Jets actually have Aaron Rodgers. And, and one thing that was evident in this episode, it is so clear that Aaron Rodgers is not washed, that his quote-unquote down year, which, by the way, would have been more than good enough for the Jets to be an 11- or 12-win team a season ago if he did that – was because he had a broken thumb on his throwing hand and he had bad receivers who led the league in drops. The offensive line dealt with some issues. Like it was very obvious that, you know, this guy is highly motivated and he's still absolutely, you know, slinging it at a high level. And, and even like Sal, who's tried to kind of downplay at times publicly with the media, you mentioned it. Like there were some scenes where it's like, oh, yeah, this guy is unbelievable. So that, that was another big thing. Like the coaching staff recognizing just still how good Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah, and Jeff Ulbrich making make me want to run through a uh Ulbrich wall, I could <laughs> yes. say, with, with that comment. Um, and then it took us into a little Zach Wilson. You saw the Rodgers, they were showing his no look passes, which is truly amazing. And you saw Zach 
be able to do some of his own. And I think it really came out in this episode that Rodgers is truly helping Zach Wilson, the player, and truly helping Zach Wilson's confidence. Now, it's a name I don't even want to hear this year because if it is, it means Rodgers got hurt and, and the Jets season is toast. But God forbid something did happen. Zach's got to be ready to roll. And I think you're seeing him have, you know, he even said, he said, you know, my confidence was kind of shot last year. It felt like it was getting worse. I was getting worse every week. I think you're seeing Rodgers, you know, teaching moments in there, whether it's the no look throw, whether it's the Malik Taylor, that play, you know, there's certain things he's telling him to do and, you know, fix this, get your footing right here. You know, I think that is a crucial moment for Zach Wilson. And again, God forbid something happened. He's got to be well-prepared because it's either him uh, or bus. That's pretty much it. I mean, there's not many other options for the Jets at quarterback. So I thought Zach and, and the confidence that Aaron Rodgers bringing was a cool storyline. Yeah. Get, get credit to Zach too, for participating in a hard knocks, right? He did the one-off interview with uh, the producers for, for, uh, for HBO, basically admitting, Hey, last year I was getting worse by the week and I was losing confidence and I'm just in a much better place now. And Rodgers has been so helpful. And you saw that up close. I, I mean, it, it's so funny that I just laugh at the Jet fans who are like, we don't want to be on hard knocks. It's it's going to be this big distraction. And it's like there was not a single person with the Jets that comes across poorly after this first episode. And, you know, they made Zach Wilson look like a lovable character again. And think about how down this fan base was 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 on Zach Wilson after last year. So I'm with you, man. I thought that was really cool to see. And it seems like Zach's starting to get his swagger back working with Rodgers, which is awesome. And they need him. Look, as great as Rodgers is, you know, obviously if he suffers a catastrophic injury, the season's done no matter who your backup is. But if he rolls an ankle and has to miss a game or two or has to come out for a couple plays, you know, could Zach Wilson go in there and be competent? And, like, that's going to be a big storyline if that happens, Jake, because the margin for error in the AFC is uh, there's not much. Like, if you want to win the division, you know, Rodgers has to miss a game or two because he sprains an ankle. Well, Zach Wilson coming in and finding a way to go 1-1 one and one instead of 0-2, oh that could be the difference in whether or not you get a home playoff game for the first time in 20 years. So he has an important role in this team, despite the fact all the hype is of course, focused on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And that's assuming he does get the backup job over Tim Boyle, who I forgot there for a second. I was trying to think of his name, like uh, Tim Boyle, who didn't get any love in this episode. Maybe we have a Tim, Tim Boyle moment, like him and his family at some point. Um, and then, you know, they came to the hater part and that's what we're going to see a lot of the people are going to come at the jets. They're the talk of the town. People are going to say something about them because they know it's going to bring a reaction. It brought the Rodgers, the Sean Payton moment, NFL Network, and then Sala saying, if you ain't got, got haters, you ain't popping. You saw some fun with Nathaniel Hackett, who a lot of people were saying he might need a bigger shirt size. The belly was a little tight with whatever shirt Nate Hackett was wearing, but you saw that bond with him and Rodgers. You saw you know Rodgers defend Hackett to the core. I think, Jake, you're gonna, this is going to be a regular occurrence of someone saying something about the Jets. There's going to be post-game quotes. And I think how the Jets respond and how they back each other up will be a true sign of, of a team stuck together, a great unit. You know, I'm, I'll give an example. The Mets look like a team that hates each other. These players behind the scenes, it, it looks like a locker room gone wrong. And you're seeing it out on the field. You're seeing poor play. I think the tight unity and the bond and the def- defending guys like like we're seeing here, could be a coming together moment and it could be the start of something special. And I think it's monumental Jake for a championship team to have chemistry and to be able to back each other up and to be able to take those haters down because Sal is right. You know, if everyone loves you, you're probably not popping. So if, if there's no haters, you ain't popping. It's a great line. So the jets got to knock the haters out. 
No doubt. And especially in football, you feel like baseball. Yes, you want team chemistry, but the Oakland A's in, in the 70s didn't get along famously. You know, they, they, the Yankees in the late 70s with Reggie Jackson and Thurman Munson and Billy Martin. Yeah, they were called the Bronx Zoo for a reason. So chemistry at times in sports could be overrated. I don't think it's overrated in football. And I definitely don't think it's overrated with a Jets team that's trying to erase the just the stench of losing the last 13 years and trying to build on, you know, what was a promising season from a lot of this roster a year ago, minus the QB, of course. So hundred percent with you. And, and that's, you know, that's where having Aaron Rodgers as your leader comes in. And that's why I thought Salah's speech that they showed to open the series was perfect. And that, that, that struck the right tone right away for this episode. Yeah. And then they went into the preseason hall of fame game. Uh, what were your thoughts on the whole hall of fame weekend from being there? I've never been to Cleveland. haven't really had the interest. There was a chance we were going to do a pod there, but we did not. Um, what was your recap? I know you did a watch party with, with some of the guys and, uh, just give me your quick uh, recap of the entire Hall of Fame weekend. Yeah, we had a we had a huge party. Uh, me and a couple other of the uh, Jet YouTube uh, content guys, Matt O'Leary and Boy Green, we put together a meetup, thinking, "Hey, maybe we'll get you know thirty to fifty people show up at a bar, hang out the Friday night before the induction ceremony." We had over two hundred and fifty people show up. The Jet chants were off the charts. We rented out the back of a bar. We had a whole stage to ourselves where we had the Jet Man leading the Jet chants, like we were at MetLife. So that was an incredible. Incredible uh, experience. So big thanks to everyone who made the trip to uh, the Jersey Sports Grill. We'll give them a plug in Canton, Ohio. They did a great job hosting us. So uh, it was a lot of fun being there. I mean, if you're if you're just a, a football fan, you have to check out the Hall of Fame. They continue to add incredible artifacts and different films and stuff you could watch while you're there. I mean, it is. And look, I've only been to the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown and now the Football Hall of Fame twice. And I'm a huge baseball fan, too, as you know, Jake. But I really think the Pro Football Hall of Fame is just as good, if not better, than the experience you get in Cooperstown. I mean, and Canton's a really cool town. The good restaurants. They continue to add more hotels and bars to it. So really cool to be there. Uh, look, the game on Thursday, I mean, it's preseason. It is what it is. But it's still football. The vibes were great. Being down there on the field, there was genuine excitement from the players to be out there. So. Uh, it was a really, really fun weekend. And then obviously the reason why the Jets are in the Hall of Fame game, the reason why so many Jet fans made the trip is you had arguably the two greatest defensive players in the history of the franchise and Joe Klecko and Durrell Rivas enter the Hall. So that was an incredible experience just to be there, and especially Klecko because he had waited 30 years for this moment. So to see him get in rightfully uh, after all these years, that was such a special moment. And his speech where he shouts out Fireman Ed to lead the Jets chant at the end was perfect. I thought Revis had a really good speech, too. So uh, it was a great moment, great weekend if you were a Jets fan. Revis is a big part of me being a Jets fan, big part of my childhood as a fan. So when I you know, watched him, then I got to meet him and interview him on a, a bus. He got his own New York City bus when he was still in the league. And then to have him on this podcast last season before the Jets Hall of Fame and now getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, it's really been just this coming-to-age moment. You know, I, I told him, when uh, I think when he was on the Jets that week was the week I lost my virginity, I told him. So, like, I was like, you took me through manhood, Darrell Revis, and now adulthood and rent and bills and podcasting. So life has changed since Darrell Reeves was in the league. And he was a big part of, you know, why, you know, me and me and you are similar ages. Like, why were Jets fans like those moments of the, you know, mid 2000s? were some of the best moments of our lives and that didn't even involve a Super Bowl. So that's why we get so hyped that the thought and what we're seeing right now from the Jets. So that's the hard knocks recap quickly on one Jets drive. 
Michael Clemens, he's just hilarious. Like, he's just so simple, sweet to the point, and just such a badass that, you know, he opens up with just, yes. And then <laughs> we, we saw in both the Rogers sauce, the number eight chain with Al the jeweler was cool. I love the guys riding in the car moments. AVT saw Garrett in Hard Knocks uh, with the glasses. Brees Hall, like I said, the comment. Rogers talking about at the charity golf event, his New York tour from the Tonys, Rangers, Knicks, seeing Wicked. The I think the highlight of one Jets drive, Jake. Besides your your moment, uh, your your fifteen seconds in there, uh, was was Quinn and Williams, and it really took you inside Quinn and Williams, his new contract, how likable the guy is, his infectious smile, how happy his wife was, the family, and how Quinn has truly grown and. You know, some guys might regress when they get a contract, become different players. It doesn't feel that way. He at least is saying all the right things. Quincy and talking about his brother also getting played a dream for them to play together. I think that was what was put out most in one Jets drive. I think it was a cool, positive moment taking us behind the curtain of, you know, one of the biggest paid defensive players uh, of all time, at least we're seeing right now in the biggest in Jets history. I thought Quinnen, the Quinnen moment was cool in one Jets drive. Yeah, it was great. And, uh, you know, it's funny because Hard Knocks, that like they gave you some sauce. They gave you a little Obrick. They didn't give you a ton on the defense. So the Quinnen feature, I think, is common. Probably something about him and his brother. But one Jets drive, as you alluded to there, they gave you a lot of Quinnen signing the deal, which was great. I did love, though, the one Quinnen line that he had in Hard Knocks where he was like, shout out to Aaron Rodgers for coming to help us out. Like, I just thought that was hilarious. That he, that he worded it like that. I mean, that was great. So, uh, Quinn is awesome, man. Great personality. He had the best season out of anyone on the team, you can make the case, last year. First team All-Pro, absolutely dominant. We saw how big his impact was felt when he couldn't play in that one Lions game last year. So, uh, no doubt, he's everything you want in a Jet, right? The one, Probably the only pick McCagden truly got right. It took a little bit, but they drafted him. They've developed him in this solid system now. They paid him. He's 25 years old. He's just entering his prime. So Quinn Williams is about to, you know, continue to be one of the best defensive players in the league. Yeah, they paid Quinn and they paid Rogers, but a lot less than what we thought, which is really making me think that if the Raiders are bad, the Jets are going to say, hey, we'll give you a first, maybe a second, whatever you want for Devontae Adams. Like, it feels like they're going to go out and get a big playmaker before the trade deadline this year. That's obviously way down the road. I don't want to go that far. The Jets have to win first. But it does feel like the money, taking the less money means, hey, I want you guys to go all in for a championship this year. And that might mean bring old, bring my old friend back here. And you could just drool at the thought of that, Jake, if it did happen. Devontae one side, Garrett Wilson the other. I mean, come on. It's Christmas and Hollis. Uh, as I'm seeing run DMC at Yankee Stadium on Friday. How about uh, that? <laughs> Method Man showing up. They showed again. I thought it was cool. Rogers signing his, uh, Rogers, I believe, was signing his name in the jersey. And then he signed Rogers jersey. So that was a cool little thing there. And then obviously your moment. So great stuff from both of them. It's going to be interesting to see how they mix up the coverage. I wonder how that works. It's like, all right, let's send them our footage, make sure we don't have the same stuff because it seems like there's going to be some crossover. So I'm curious how that works out. All right. The rest of training camp, Jake, we'll close with this. What are you watching for here? What's the biggest storyline? We know the Rogers stuff. We know the fun, but what are you looking for? You know, what player are you looking for to break out? What kind of position battles are you watching? What are some of your biggest jet football storylines you're watching for? So the, the biggest thing is just hopefully no more injuries. You know, obviously they have the scare with Garrett Wilson. He, I'm sure he's going to be fine. He just rolled his ankle and whatnot, but that's the big thing, right? Can the jets get to week one as healthy as humanly possible? Because the last couple of years, I, I mean, 
you lose Becton, you lose Carl Lawson. Like you've lost notable guys before the season even began, which just puts you behind the eight ball. So that to me is certainly the biggest thing, but I'm watching the offensive line. You know, Salah said they got eight guys for five spots. Well, Dwayne Brown's yet to practice yet. When does he get on the field? If he does practice within the next couple of weeks, we still got about a month before the season starts. I would expect Dwayne Brown to be the left tackle. Can Makai Becton make it through a full game, right? They said he was going to play 20 snaps last Thursday. He played seven. He looked good when he was out there, but he said his knee started to bark and they were being careful. Okay, well, now he's going back to the site of his injury two years ago in Carolina this Saturday. What's he going to look like in that scenario? So I'm watching Becton. I'm watching the return, assuming it happens, of Dwayne Brown. Just the offensive line in general, because I don't feel great if the tackles on opening night are you know, Billy Turner and Max Mitchell. I'm hoping it could be Dwayne Brown and Becton or Dwayne Brown and Max Mitchell. I don't want, you know, those two tackles to be starting. So that's a big concern of mine. And, you know, that could be the one, you know, Achilles heel of the team potentially. So I think just the battle on the offensive line, how it shakes out there. Could Joe Tipman after a great first game last Thursday potentially win the starting center job from Connor McGovern now? It seems like that's at least back on the table. So those are the kind of things I'm looking at, just the offensive line, how that shapes up in front of Rodgers. And you can't overlook that offensive line because Rodgers played with injuries last year behind a questionable O-line. He can't run around like he used to. And he, like he could do a lot of things. He could still sling the football with the best of them. But he's not going to be running around like a madman like he was maybe five to ten years ago. So the Jets got to keep him upright. They got to keep him healthy. They got to avoid him getting hit. And that is concerning. Makai Becton has talked all the talk. He's lost all the weight. But, you know, seven snaps, if your knee's hurting, that's a problem. Yes, it's it's very early, and these games don't mean much. But if the stamina is not there, I don't know if that's something that'll change in a few weeks. Like, he's got to get his get get it together because uh, you're right. Like, I don't want to see Turner. I don't want to see these backups I feel like Tipman's definitely going to end up winning the center job, but we'll we'll see how that plays out. But the Jets don't have crazy depth if, you know, if Brown, if Becton are to go down with serious injuries. They're not built for a long season with with some of these backups. So they have to make sure they get right. And then I, I think linebacker is going to be something interesting to watch for who pans out there. Um, safety is going to be another intriguing position to watch out for. So those are all things we'll see play out over the next couple of weeks. And we'll see, I think, over the course of the next few hard knocks and one Jets drives, like we'll see these position battles and, you know, maybe less of the Rodgers love fest. I think they had to get that out of the way in the first one and start to see more the inside of this team. His name is Jake Asman. You can follow him on Twitter at Jake Asman. You can follow his show at Jake Asman show on YouTube, on Twitter. You could catch him on ESPN radio Houston in the afternoons. And hear him this weekend. What time? What times will we be on uh, ESPN Radio New York this weekend? So I'm on ESPN 98.7 right after the post game concludes this Saturday night for the Jets and Panthers game. So that should be around 8 p.m. We'll go till midnight, and then again on Sunday, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. So we have uh, eight hours of New York City radio coming up Saturday and Sunday. So as Bart Scott would say, can't wait. Looking forward to it. Eight hours of commercial-free radio. No, there's a lot of commercials of radio. <laughs> that, that would be tough. I, you know, I gotta, I gotta squeeze in a bathroom break every once in a while. Have a, have a telethon doing that. That, yeah, you'd have to bring a cup into the studio with you and and take care of it the old-fashioned way. Jake Asman does a great job with all his coverage. Check him out, Jake. Looking forward to uh, talking throughout the season. It's gonna be fun, man. Like we had a fun, you know, six and four, seven and four, whatever it is before. It all crumbled, but I don't think we expected that team to do a lot. We expected maybe the playoffs, 
but I think we have such high expectations and it's going to be exciting to hopefully see it come to fruition. Let's see some football. We're still a little over a month away, but man, these two episodes a week are going to be fun to watch and uh, looking forward to seeing your coverage of it. And thanks for coming on gangs all here. My pleasure. Shout out to uh, Brian Costello for having joint practices so I could fill in for him. And always great to work with you, Jake. Appreciate you having me. Robert Salas, handsome bald head. All righty. Jake and Jake is in the books. We'll have Jake Asman on throughout the season. He always does a good job. A man of many jobs, a man of many content streams. As that closes up episode 144 of Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and the intern, Nick Guzman, his final week here at the New York Post. Thanks to Nick for all his help as he goes back to Fordham in the Bronx, a school that produces a lot of broadcasters. So thanks to Nick for helping us all year or all two months. These internships go too quick. It's only August 9th and now it is over. Catch up on all old episodes you may have missed at Gangs All Here by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. Watch us on the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Find that Gangs All Here playlist. Give us a thumbs up below and let us know below. What did you think of Hard Knocks? What did you think of One Jet Drive? Which one was better? What were your favorite moments? Put it down in the comments and tweet me at Jake Brown Radio. What did you think of the show? And what did you think? of the podcast for Brian Costello. He'll be back in the coming weeks as we will catch up with you guys fairly soon. Stay tuned for when the next episode will be. And thanks everybody for listening to Gangs All Here. We'll close it like we did in the past. And that's with a J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets.